Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, 
which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global 
global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. processes process and proceeding pausing with antennae with an initial and ongoing bodily communication of ourselves and our inclination of that being to proceed with the needs of for what one cannot bear perhaps in the times that it is known it is needed for hum ecosystem hey kids we're hanging out here at muni radio we can do more sets people can do extra sets we're now in pamtastic's comedy clubhouse time and uh i'm going to be playing some aqua q 
and then we're gonna figure out what's going on. Yay! And other times messages which terminate as they are gobbled up into a chemical transcription in the minds and body of the organism which noticed and indeed needed it, which starts the intraorganism communication, as attuned they are to their own bodies and they were one and many. Take a small leaf, which a caterpillar has crawled across, for what reason and perhaps to get higher on the leaf to reach a better signal. The leaf is water and material is ingested and then the plant and the water are aware of the caterpillar, who undulates and vibrates the food throughout its body, sending a little dance onto the leaf and into the air, and giving it enough energy to find its direction, and carry on its caterpillar conversation, until it finds some soft dirt to return the favor, to the soil and perhaps an even smaller organism to return the nutrients to the plant, with its own enough energy and communication to do so. Meanwhile, the caterpillar, as satisfied with his living, carries on in this manner, and begins to see the world, from leaf to leaf as it were, starting again at the bottom perhaps, tagging itself at the stem so that it, and by it I mean others, find it again, or more precisely so that they can find the direction it has come from, so that others may see the successes in this regard, and as the caterpillar travels on, the water inside of him is a sort of push-pull warble and the electrons in his body from his activity in his environment spin. And he spins, bits at a time, until his internal organization directs his feet to paddle up and arched and then sideways a bit to test, and his body carries out the instructions which both his chemical brain and atomic water provide a means of motion to do so, and in doing so aligns himself with another particular caterpillar to and from far away. As the message is clear that leaves are the place to be for such an amenable activity, and that the soil is pleased with the arrangement, and the plant seems keen to provide the anti-gravity for any time the caterpillar is willing to carry on with itself, and in these eventualities, as evident, the water is also stowed in a particular place near the abdomen which also drives our friend forward, to follow or be followed, and he'll find with this water, another satchel of water, in another caterpillar, warm also and traveled with a similar chemical means and process, which the water knows too with its natural physics of communication as surface tension. As they say, love may be in the air as one caterpillar is nearer to another, as they love themselves and hence each other in the moments their energies provide, and inspire them to provide for another. So while their endeavor of food has been successful, they also endeavor to see and become beauty, as their measure of indicative success in their understanding of love, as one and another, and that beauty perceived is what is transceiver for the liking of one another, and in that moment of offset water displacement, these beings now close and seeing each other at the angles and properties that provides for them this optimal view of the beauty before them, for them, from in front and behind, is when they move in, for that direction, and continue their endeavors justly to make an even greater love. It's at this point, where the processes which carry life for the living proceed and as successes go, trigger further successes as life, chemically transcribed and encoded to the willingness of both to provide a new set of beings who love will. When you come into Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio, what do we got? Mutiny Radio, we got Hunter. Mutiny Radio, what you got? Mutiny Radio, we got Hunter. Everybody put your hands together right now for Hunter Uniac. Yay! 
get a set, but that's fine. My friends came, so I'm gonna do it again. You guys might have heard some stuff, but I don't give a fuck. You're gonna laugh just the same as the first time. All right. Good to see you guys. Yeah. You guys, always, Brady, you call me the whitest person ever. Look at my friends. Look at my friends. And yeah, they're actually my token black friends. All right. Don't tell them that's part of being as white as I am. All right. We can tell you're white because your boots look like Uggs. Okay. Yeah. Br uh, you said you're not having a good night. Neither am I. My girlfriend broke up with me recently. Fuck you, it's for the joke. I don't know why. I treated her like a goddess. I'm an atheist. I never believed in her. You know. Before I met this girl, I found she's a raver. Because the first time we had sex, we used a glow stick condom. We broke it before we used it. You know, before I met this girl, I was only sleeping with single mothers. Didn't happen on purpose, just kind of happened. You know what's the best part about sleeping with single moms? The snacks. They're amazing. One time this woman, she gave me a fruit by the foot. And I had to split it with her because it was the only way she was going to get six inches that night. You, dude, you sound exactly like a woman faking that I have six inches. It's, oh, shit. It's great, though. Hey, you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? That's cool. Yeah. You guys vote? Yeah. Yeah. Chantel, I know Trump probably like you know try to suppress your vote, you fucking minority. But um, she's wearing UGGs. She gets a pass. But I uh, like actually a little California fun California state law. You get two hours paid break from work to go and vote. I work two jobs. I told my first job uh, towards the end of my shift, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Then immediately I called my second job. I was like, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Neither job knew about the other job, but both jobs definitely didn't know I mailed my ballot in 10 days ago. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I got five hour break for doing nothing and paid. <laughs> Democracy in action makes me inactive as a person. It's great. Yeah, I, uh, my first job ever, I was working with my dad. You know, uh, you guys ever work with your father? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It sucks. Like, you know, you know, for those of you who don't know, working with your father is like getting fired and grounded on the same day. You know what I mean? Like, you, I lost my allowance, but I gained severance pay. You know, it's nice. I like that. I love how the minorities didn't laugh at that because they don't have jobs. I'm being super racist today. I don't give a fuck. We're having fun. We're indoors. We can cuss. I, uh, uh, COVID's been, uh, I haven't been doing that much during COVID as a person. The most productive thing I've done all COVID is I got a new couch. You know, which just means I found a better place to rest my depression. You know? It's great. The worst part is, I didn't even pay for the couch. My buddy, he broke up with his girlfriend, was like, fuck you, and took all the furniture. Which means, uh, which means the thing that brings me the most joy and happiness in life, I just got from resting upon the fucking failure and depression of another person. <laughs> it's amazing. You ever fart on failure? Feels like pleather. It's great. It's great. I love this, guys. I uh, what's want to talk about. Uh, I'm half white and half Filipino, which means I'm 100% white at heart and 100% Filipino on paper, you know, for college reasons. Did they work? No, that's why I'm doing stand-up right now. Fuck you, Chantel. Don't go, mm-mm, when I say college reasons. You know I dropped out. But yeah, it's, it's true. Like, I'm so white, if I was a pimp, all my bitches would have dental. I'm so white, 
I'm so white, my, uh, I'm so white I leave Yelp reviews for my drug dealers. I'm so white my favorite rapper was the singer from Linkin Park. Worst part is I wrote that joke before he died. I'm allowed to say it. I'm so white I discovered most death from the cameo he had on House. That's, a, that's not even a joke. That's a true story. Chantel, don't look at me all disapproved. You know, you know I'm your t- white friend. You went to fucking mercy, okay? I don't know. But I'm also half Filipino. There's nothing funny to say about Filipinos. I'm sorry. There's nothing, there really is nothing funny to say about Filipinos. Like, nobody really knows us. But so, like, I want to feel, like, involved in the controversy, you know? And in this racially tense time, I decided to make my own hate group. I decided to make my own hate group, guys. Who here is right-handed? Yeah, fuck you. I'm making my own left-handed supremacy group, guys. It'll be great. There'll be like 30 of us in Washington, D.C. chanting, Torn up! She'll not oppress us! You guys ever see a Nazi? In Nazi Germany, do the Nazi salute with their left hand? No, we fucking knew better. All right, this is getting political. That's fine. Fuck it. You know what? At the very least, like, you guys might not like it, but there's one left-handed person in the back of this room going, that's what I'm fucking talking about. And that's how hate groups get started, guys. It'll be great. All right. See, there's a left-handed person right there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, um, my mom tells me too much information. She goes, one time I was 19 years old, and I was helping clean out her bed because she uh, broke her leg, and she lost a lot of weight doing it. But when she lost, like, these 50 pounds, her tits stayed the same size. Yeah, and me as a 19-year-old man, as what I thought was a man at the time, asked my mom politely, hey, mom, are your tits fake? And she replies calmly, why, yes, Hunter, they are. Now, that's where the conversation should have fucking ended. But no, she kept on going on. I got them when I was 20 in the 80s. Everybody did coke off them. So much coke was done off my mother's tits, and when she breastfed me as a baby 10 years later, I came away rubbing my one tooth, just like... (laughs) Tweaking out like a motherfucker. I kept on going on. I was like, Mom, what else fucking happened? She's like, uh, I, I had a first husband. He was a member of the Hell's Angels. What the fuck? This is all true. Also, she slept with a boa constrictor on the head of her bed when her first husband, uh, when she get mad with her first husband? Yeah. Also, my uncle killed JFK. What? Yeah. He was a Filipino man. A fob. Fresh out of bullets. Oh! <sighs> That's crazy. I'm just going to riff now. I was there for uh, Albert's uh, wedding. Actually, he's over there right now. See the guy all sad? He's actually having a really bad night, so that means he's probably in an argument with his wife right now. Uh, is it too? Yeah. You know what's worse? I'm going to say this right after that. It's my first time hearing it. Called it. I called You weren't even old enough to drink at your fucking wedding. You know you were a joke in my set for like three years, motherfucker. All right, dude. You no, no, you didn't. You know what happened? This motherfucker tried to get a drink at the bar, and he's like, uh, the bartender was like, no, we can't do that. And he's like, motherfucker, I'm the groom. I will make this entire wedding leave this place right now if he doesn't get any drinks. Yeah, that, Pam, you get along a lot with him, too, just because, like, that's a much of a hog story. Yeah, this motherfucker, like, at least, I, I'm really happy you kept something from the marriage. You know, your wife tits. You fat motherfucker. Okay, this is not working. His pretty underboob. Pretty underboob? Nothing yeah. about him is pretty. You said it bad. You huh? said bad tits, and I say pretty under boob. Pretty under. All right. What else? I'm, I'm gonna end it with something. Um, I used to work. I love it, dude. You've been like, like I, like I know this is Mutiny Radio. This is the first tweaker we've had at Mutiny Radio. 
just fucking going off constantly. All right. I'll leave with something. Uh, I don't know what joke I should leave it with. Uh, talk about your dad's toilet in the back of the... Tell the dude, Pam, you always want to talk about... Like, you talk about a lot how, like, you... Uh, if you had an abortion over at age 95. Yeah, my, you would have been fucking my dad. You were fucking my dad. Pam, come up here right now. I want to show you a picture of my dad, and I want to see how wet you get right away. Is your dad hot? He is oh hot as God. fuck, and I'm a, I'm a son saying step-mom? this. Dude, honestly, oh Pam, my God, Pam, if I, I be my parents step-mom? are still together. Are they still together? They're Let still together. But the worst part is my mom calmly once said, the worst part is my mom calmly once said, threesomes are fun, so you have a chance. I want to be your stepmom. You're not, <laughs> Pam, Pam, that'll never happen, okay? That'll never happen, and here's why. I want to be your stepmom. What? I like meth. I like meth. I could be your stepmom. I like meth. I've heard this story about the toilet in the back of the thing. All right, I'll, I'll say this joke. I'll say this joke, but come here and look at a picture of my dad, Pam. Come up here and look at a picture of my dad. I'm literally being a wingman for my father right now with one of my best friends ever. She was like, uh, one time, like, uh, day before Halloween, she was, Pam, come up here and look at a picture of my father. Uh, she was like, uh, I was at her place a couple of days ago, the day before Halloween, and she was so drunk, I invited Gordon over, you know, and Pam was doing the splits in the middle of her fucking room saying, Gordon, you're fuckable, I want to sit in your face. You guys know Gordon, fuck you guys for not remembering him. I was literally, tr- the short age, all right, we're getting off track, I'll tell this joke then. Yeah! Fuck yeah! I forgot how it starts up, what the fuck, we're just going to go off. I, like you guys said, pick on her, pick on her, that's not how this shit works. All right? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to pick on you for fucking picking a side. No, no, no. If you take somebody off, he goes there. All right? All right. This is weird. This is so... Dude. 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 I'm going to tell you this. Shut the fuck up. Let me talk. Like, I've never met somebody who has a hairstyle of a heroin addict, but the body language of a coke addict. That's funny. All right. What the fuck? I love this. I said I'm going to do a short thing for my friends and everybody comes in and does Okay. Let's. Can everybody hear Albert P? Do we all want to chant go? Can we all chant go P? Go Albert? All right. Go Albert. Go Albert. Go Albert. Go Albert. Go Albert. Flush. 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 He's still going too. I love that. His bladder was longer than our lungs. It was like has more stamina than our lungs. We all have COVID then. Oh, that was great. That was great. That was out of anger, too. I'm not going to talk shit about him because he just got divorced. Nah, that's fun. He just said it like 30 seconds ago. You're paying attention, Pam. All right. Now it's, it, it, we were having fun. Now it's turning into a train wreck. Somebody asked me a question. Anything about my life? And then I'll. Why am I here? Why am I here? Because I have nowhere else to go. I really don't. I really don't. I love how Pam was so excited about that. That's like, uh, that's, she was like, she was like, I'm having people in my place that have nowhere else to go. I love homeless people, is what Pam Benjamin is saying right now. What the fuck was the little one for? Did you get kicked out? Sleep on my couch. Sleep, sleep on my couch tonight. All right. Yeah, and I have a couch that's what? free. What the party at the hotel room? Yeah, what? and arms that are strong and warm that'll keep you feeling safe at night. I do. I'm gonna breathe down your neck. I'm gonna tell her how much I love you. Brady here would love to. 
Dude, you're not getting lucky. You're getting unlucky with me, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're having fun. If anybody, I, I shouldn't say this, but I feel like if anybody else wants to go up, Pam would allow it. These people are easy laughs, and they're horrible people, so talk shit about me. They'll laugh. Uh, can I get a Hail Satan? You're all going to hell. That's my time. Give it up for me. I am your God. What a treat you're in for right now because, wow, your next comedian, what a loose cannon he is. Put your hands together. It's Mark Neuer. You know, you all looked at me like I was the devil when I sparked this cigarette. And uh, just for clarification, the owner sparked one too. And no one looked at her like she was the devil. When in, t in fact, she is the fucking devil. I don't know if you guys know this, but Pam Benjamin is Satan. So hell Pam, I guess. Can I get a God bless? Can I get a thank God? No, is it the cigarette? Is it bothering you? Yeah? bothering me too. I feel kind of weird about it. I feel kind of weird about it. You feel kind of weird about it, don't you? No, I know. The mask is going to save you guys from the carcinogens. You guys are looking at me like I'm smoking heroin on stage. It's great. If it was heroin, at least you guys could get secondhand high instead of just secondhand cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good. So good. I just need women to rape me. I have no self-confidence to talk to women, so I just need them to fist fuck me against my will. No? All right. Are you guys good? No, no, it's, it's, you should be apologetic. I don't care if you're sorry. <laughs> so good. So fucking good, dude. I don't normally do cocaine, uh, but when I do, I have rules. Um, because if I don't, I'll just be a drug addict, you know? Like, I don't do blow in a bathroom that has been uh, freshly shit in by anybody, including myself. All right. All right. I don't do, I don't do blow with a dollar bill, for example, for the same exact reason. All the fecal matter. They tried to sell that. They tried to sell to us that Jesus was white, and uh, you know that's impossible because the government would never prosecute a white man like that. He had to be brown. He had to be. It would have never. It would have been a totally different story if he was white. He'd still be alive <laughs> to this day. He would be in the office. He would be. He's actually Donald Trump. Do you know that Donald Trump's mother's middle name is Mary? You know that his father's middle name is Christ? I'm, I wish I was kidding. I wish it was funny. We're all going to die. In case you were wondering. If you were unsure, no one makes it out alive of this show. That's what the trench coat. That's just the trench coat talking. I'm sorry. It's just the trench coat. Thank God we're not out of school. Am I right? It's a white man in a black hat with a trench coat. This is the only outfit in which I could... I can get killed by police in. 
It's the only one. Sorry. It's my white guilt coming out. That was the, that was the apology that was unnecessary. I don't know. Tired of being white. Tired of it. I think I'm just going to skin myself. Then I'll be pink. Ew. I like I wouldn't eat humans. I I would okay, I would eat a human. I would. But it's not like I just like just out on the street just pick up a human being to eat. That's that's unhealthy. I feel like that's just like reckless behavior. You have to like raise it from a child up and make sure it's Yeah, like veal. Like a co- like Kobe, I need like a Kobe beef butt cheek, you know? So Good. I tried this earlier. Let's see if it works. Won't. Tired of being a man. Just not enough to cut off my dick. No? Good. Didn't work today on this one either. Good. So good. So good. Can't wait. Can't wait, dude. For what? No idea. Just can't wait. I know that I'm moving this like it's a fucking big rig shifter. It's just my white trash. Subconscious white trashness. My father used to drive trucks for a living. Um, he used to commute every day to do that. He would commute from the Central Valley of California to the Bay Area. It's like a, you know, that's like a two-ish hour with traffic drive every day back and forth uh, for many years of my childhood. And when I was about seven years old, he asked me if, I would, uh, if, I, uh, if, if I'd like to know what would happen if I didn't go to college. And um, he showed me his hemorrhoids. I'm, I'm serious. He did. And at like at seven years old, I was like trying to like make it make sense in my seven-year-old brain, looking directly into my father's anus. Uh, I was like, how can I make this make sense? And hemorrhoids, if you're not familiar, like they're like rocks in your ass. So I was like, it's like a rock bottom, you know? It's a rock, it's a rock bottom. <laughs> Have a good night. Oh, good. Now I don't feel as bad smoking that cigarette. Can I get my cigarette back? It's right, it's right there by that plant. Can you pass me that cigarette by the plant right there? Thank you. I only felt bad because there was like ladies in here. Thanks. Thanks, big dog. Yeah, put, yeah, put, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put your mask on. If you're inside, if you're inside, you should have your mask on. This guy's awesome. He's a regular. And uh, what's really funny is uh, he has a dog that bites people, unfortunately. And Pam, Pam was like, give your dog a hug for me. Because, because she, if she was to give that dog a hug, it would bite her jugular. So <laughs> God bless. Doug bit Luke Newman um, in the face. Oh, poor Luke Newman. If, if anyone was wondering what it looks like if you take too much acid, we have it here in the building right now. This is what happens when deadheads don't die. <laughs> Are you... What were you saying, Pam? They're just, they're just listening to... They're just going through their phase. They, Who? They the deadheads? This phase. Me or the deadheads? Deadheads. Oh, yeah. They all love the phase. <laughs> dirty, that's all it is, just dirty white people. Hippies, just dirty white people. They say that white people have no culture, 
who wants to take credit for meatloaf? <laughs> Anyone? Do you want to take credit for meatloaf, or is that some dirty white people shit? Can we agree that's dirty white people shit? Meatloaf, that's disgusting. Uh, hold on. We'll get to the rock star, which is also white trash culture, in a second. Um, meatloaf is just a cinder block of meat with ketchup on it. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's fucking vile. I don't know. You give me, if you give me meatloaf, I'm fucking throwing it at you, so I don't, please don't. A lot of people, like this guy, he's like, well, meatloaf the artist or meatloaf the food? They both are terrible. They're both equally horrible. I don't like meatloaf the artist because he's a fucking, he's a, he's a, he's a goddamn liar. He's a liar. Live your truth. Your name's Meatloaf. He has a song called, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about taking a strap I on in his ass. Yeah, but your name's Meatloaf, dog. You know what I mean? You're a little fruity, you know what I mean? Your name's Meatloaf. You, do, you like it in the ass a little bit, you know? You might as well just stop being a pussy about it. My favorite that. sex position is being smothered by an ass cheek. Not two ass cheeks. An ass cheek. I'm into disfigured people. We all have our problems, Ernest. Who are you next? Is Ernest Evangelista next? Where are you next? He hasn't gotten a set. I won't do that. I feel like we're, I feel like I'm in an alternate reality where we can smoke cigarettes and not weed in this building because there's no weed going around, just a bunch of cigarette smoke. Who do that? What other joke am I gonna try? Did you hear my new abortion joke, Pam? You have a new abortion joke? Yeah. So, so oh, you've heard this, but I don't think you understood it. I'll try it again. So Snapchat has a, a memories feature where it sends you like a memory from your past that you've posted on your story. It'll send you like, a, oh, it was your birthday last year on this day, as if I don't know when my fucking birthday is. <coughs> it showed me a picture of my, my, my girlfriend and I from a, a year ago when she was pregnant as a memory. And I was like, wow, it's too bad that Snapchat doesn't have a feature to know that we had an abortion. All right. This is going, hey, Maddie Q, this is going so well. Um, Pam, this is so dope. This has been a great Friday. I'm having so much fun. This is so Dang. beautiful. You look so happy. I'm so happy to see this motherfucker here. Let's make it loud for Pam. Let's get another comedian up here. God bless. Thank God. Mark Noye. Willie Walnuts. Mark Noye. Oh, what do we have to say about Mark Noye? You know, uh, he is not gay. His name is Guy. He is a regular American guy. You know? <laughs> He's so fun. All right. Well, this has been a really excellent comedy show that we've been doing for a long, long period of time. I feel like we should put on some commercials. And then if people want to podcast in this time, we can absolutely do that. So I'm going to just put on some commercials. Thanks for listening to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. If you're already in the middle of this, thank you for listening, you weirdos. And if you're listening live streaming right now, I thank you. And go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio, all one word. It's like the dumbest picture. I know you're like, but the one that says Dot .fm has your logo on it. I'm like, no, nope, nope, that's not us. That's a person that decided to be mean and do a thing. And then 
the Venmo, they won't take it off. But the Mutiny Radio Venmo is just Mutiny Radio, one word, all lowercase. Yeah, hang out with us. Okay, I'm going to play some commercials, and then we'll be back with some podcasting. The people talking about weird stuff. We never know what they're going to talk about. I was very excited about last night's thing. We took over Racer's Alley, which you should all love Racer's Alley, but we took over and we did this thing about like eating disorders, and it was so good. No one knows what's going to happen right now on Pemtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, except that we're going to play some commercials right now, so yay. She didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. 101, she said. And a coffee. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit 
thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Here we are, here we are, 
in the studio, being all podcasty, being all mutiny radio, weirdo times. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, friends. Everyone's wearing masks. We're all worried about COVID, and that's cool. I am joined by one of the most amazing people in the history of the universe, Brady. Oh, dear Lord. You know what I love about Brady? Was that he just came to comedy two months ago, three months ago. But his life is so beautiful, you could talk about anything. Yeah! I want to hear about how you're going to do a drag thing. All you need for this is I have the dress for you because I know we're the same size. So I have like the little white slip and all you need is the long uh, wig with the long hair and you're going to do Maria's I Feel Pretty. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay and I pity any girl who isn't me today. Ba 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 da. No, but it's beautiful because you're a white dude, but you're playing the drag part of a Puerto Rican 18. Well, but the thing is, are you? But if you're gonna, that's the thing is do you want to do it as drag? Because if you do it as drag, you're totally lip-syncing, which is perfect because you're gorgeous and you look like a tiny girl. And if we just put a brown wig on you, you can lip-sync the fuck out of I Feel Pretty. Yes! Very twinky boyfriend lover. I love you, and I don't know why you haven't thought of this yet. Maybe just because, hey, everybody, go to Netflix. What's on there right now? West Side Story. Is it about gangs? Yes. Is it all white people pretending to be in other gangs? Yes. But is it beautiful and gorgeous and amazing? Yes. I feel pretty. I want to do that entire musical, switching the gender roles on all sides. I would love to have, like, a white girl be Tony, and I would love to have, like, a beautiful young Latino man be... Here's the thing. I'm tired of white guys calling me mommy. Like, I just want to hang out with a Latino guy who calls, you know? If you're under 30 and you're white and you're calling me mommy, that's a problem. But if you're Latino, we're all on the same page. Are we not friends? Oh, no. Whatever. Mommy. Oh, yeah. No more wire hangers! When I have to have my abortion. When I want to have my abortion, and she's like, no more wire hangers! And I'm like, we need more wire hangers in my uterus to clean out all those stuff. You abused me. As I don't want to have a baby, you weirdo. I don't know. I know. No, we're on the radio. 
Here's the thing. Right now, we have Ernest Evangelista here. Do you want to do jokes or do you just want to be like, what do you want to do, bro? You want to talk or you want to do jokes? Let's talk. No, these in front of you are seized candy molasses chips. Yes, so J.W. Blunt, the candy man, you can actually buy candy from him and it supports the station. It's amazing. It's seized candy. I got a huge problem with seized candy or a huge solution. What's the problem? What's the solution? I fucking love it. These are molasses chips. The ones with the dark chocolate are better. Only the white chocolate, not white chocolate, the, the milk chocolate are left. And, uh, yeah, eat the candy. I love candy. He's, uh, you can hear him crunching on the molasses chips. They are delicious. One of my favorite candies as a child was something called honeycomb. And it's when you take, like, that molasses chip, but you put baking soda in it and it fluffs it up. And uh, it's a thing. Anyway, I was a big fan of it as a child. No one else loves candy. Right? All I'm saying is that I love candy. And it's so weird when people are like, all of our relationships ended and I don't know how to like, I don't know how to like fix this rift. There's the always rift. Candy. The rift can easily be mended by a pound of candy. Are you fucking kidding me? Gifts? Like, I don't know. You're you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. You're both of you you're over millennials. Nope. Mark Neuer's uh also a millennial. But I feel like millennials have this thing about disposable relationships where they're like, oop, that relationship was too difficult. I'm just letting it go. I'm never gonna touch it again. But you can heal any relationship with a pound of chocolate, you dumb, lazy fucks. Like, seriously, go to Z's Candy. If you've wronged somebody and you're like, I don't know how to fix it, send them a pound of candy. It's nothing. It's 20 bucks. 20 bucks can heal any rift, you dumb, lazy motherfuckers. Nobody believes in that with me? None of you? Mm-hmm. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Twenty dollars definitely fixed a fucking relationship. Candy can't fix a kid. <laughs> Actually, by giving candy to a child, you can create a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people in white vans can <laughs> collaborate this with mm-hmm. me, but if you give candy to a small child, they'll do no one else? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bobby Lee. I'm sorry. Am I am I a predator? I oops. Usually when I hang out, like usually I get paid to uh, touch small dicks. You know what I mean? Like as a nanny, mm-hmm. as a nanny. Don't as be nanny. worried. As a nanny, I mm-hmm. get paid to touch tiny dicks. You know. But now in COVID, nobody trusts my spit. I can't. Can't put my mouth anywhere. I do, but since COVID, 
my cats have been kissing me on the mouth way more. Like my cats are coming up to me and asking for kisses on the mouth, which is weird. Does anyone else have cats? <laughs> Mm. Like get up to your face. I'm like, does my what does my mouth smell like that you like? It's not me, cause is it whiskey? You like? I got whiskey cats now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my cats are doing, but they are coming up to my mouth and they love me. They're getting right up ins. How, how many cats do you have? Two. Two. Someone asked me the other day, like, hey, if you could like have an extra bedroom on your apartment, what would you do with it? And I was like, fill it with cats. <laughs> <laughs> I would have two more cats. Like, honestly, I only have two cats now, but I'm in a 400-square-foot apartment, so I can only have two cats. But if someone gave me an extra 100 square feet, I would fill it with more cats. I would have four cats. I would make it a room with just cat boxes and, like, a cat and I would like I already have like a big all the all the levels all the stuff let them have all the space I love cats they're the best I wish I was a cat I want to believe in Scientology because I want but they always talk about like you just come back as a person so I'm like yeah fuck your religion I'm like yeah fucking the Indians with all of their shit like oh you come back as they say coming back as a cow is like the best, biggest mm -hmm. everything. Fuck that. Being a cat, follow the Egyptians. Yeah, the cats Egyptians. are the shit. Yes. Why would you not? I follow my cats. I talk to my cats. Like, do you not? Does anyone else talk? Exactly. They go based off of body language. I've heard that. But I did have a little Caprino with my cat. It happened when it decided to become an outside cat. Mm. And straight away it was everything wants it. One of the fences was one his hind leg got caught. I didn't take him to the vet on time and he lost some videos. But mm. oh. yeah, it took about a week to find him after he was missing <gasps> to realize that he was under the house. Oh, I'm so and sorry. Oh. And I haven't had a cat yet. Well, no, because they hide. When they're when they're infirmed, they're like, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to fuck your shit up. I'm going to hide. And so when my last cat died, he went underneath the – I have um, – I have a radiator because it, my building was built in 1934 and um, there's a radiator and I'm not allowed to turn it off. And I remember leaving my house and I said, okay, Spike, don't die. And then I came back and he was underneath the radiator because it was the warmest place and he did die and it was awful. And, but of course he couldn't go under the house because he was inside. He found like the place that was, Far enough from everybody, cause that's what cats do. They're fucking cool, bro. So they're, but they're they're independent. They're like, they're like, I'm gonna slip into my coffin at exactly the right time. Like they don't bother anybody with their fucking bullshit, and they're amazing. But then they love you their entire life, and they snuggle you, and they. <sighs> my cat Spike. Every time I sparked a bowl, because when he was. 
I was the sixth owner, but all of his owners before me were all pot smokers just like me. And whenever he would hear a bowl being sparked, he would, like, come right up to you because he loved having the pot smoke blown in his face. He -hmm. was a super pot cat. He was like, my whole world is smoking pot. And he died of, like, a a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. But he was 16, so it's like, ugh. I love that. He was such a pot. Every time he'd hear, He'd show up. He heard that bong, and he'd sit right next to you. He wanted that whole secondhand smoke hit. Spike. I miss Spike. Show you pictures of him later. I think animals, because uh, I used to talk to, to my dog like a human too, and uh, I think animals speak uh, fluent uh, energy. Yeah. Fluent vibes. I think they just they they hear the way that you speak and they react accordingly. Know, if you're being like super blah, and then the, you know, for a dog, for, for example, to bark, you yell at a dog to stop barking, it just it thinks you're barking with it. And I know that's like been said before, but I realized it like in person because like you just calmly you're like, shut the fuck up. They'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> you just sternly stop and they'll stop. Well, you have to be the alpha. So I used to have big dogs. Now I'm obviously I'm a witch and I love cats and I used to have dogs. And my ex-husband was a veterinarian, and he was an emergency veterinarian. And when we got our first dog, Wedge, let he live forever in the firmament of dogs, Captain Wedge Antilles, the only X-Wing fighter pilot to make it through all three Star Wars movies, except for Luke Skywalker, Captain Wedge Antilles, the name of our dog, and he was brown, and he was in our wedding. He was such a great dog. And we had we had a seatbelt for him whenever he was in the car, and I would take him I, I took him into Banana Republic. I'd be like putting on clothes because I was super, super like basic back in the day. But I had my dog in the bed. And we'd be, anyway, I loved my dog. Uh, and when, we, when I moved to San Francisco, I was like, I don't have a backyard. I don't have, I don't, I can't, can't take my 80 pound friend, my best friend. I can't. How am I going to put my 80-pound friend mm-hmm. in a 400-square-foot apartment and what? Take him out? What? Uh, how? Th- it's not. It just wasn't. So we got to stay with a veterinarian. Anyway. Animals are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got shit going on. I, uh... You have a kid. Here's the other thing that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm talking about dogs and cats, like they're real, and you have a child. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. Can you speak to that, or do you not want to? Um, oh, put, recently, put the microphone by your face closer, though. Recently, we got a dog. Um, <laughs> he got a dog. My my son. We got him a little. I don't really know. I don't, I never had a dog before, but uh, the mother of my child, she loves dogs. And also, uh, her dog, uh, Ollie, he ran away. So like, my dog was, uh, my friend, my son was really sad. Uh, yeah. My mom was always, uh, she had a phobia of dogs. I think it's because she was mauled when she was a kid. Yeah. Do were you ever attacked by a dog as a child? No. No. So you're fine. I love dogs. So you're fine with dogs. Yeah. I just can't have them because of my mom and stuff. Cause she had she had trauma. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I had trauma with large dogs. Um, I was almost attacked by a German Shepherd when I was three. And I wasn't because someone found me in the park, picked me up, but it wasn't my parents. And it was, it was weird. And then the second time I was almost attacked by a German Shepherd, I was 15 and I was running. I was working out because I was a track runner and a, a cross country runner. And I was running and this crazy dog came up to me and like wanted to and it was a it was a German and it was and it was very it was very yes but I was like 15 and the dog is like and I was very scared and this woman drove up in a car and she yelled out the women out the window your mom is named Marta Benjamin do you want to get in my car right now and I was like yes Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that saved me from this dog that was going to attack me while I was running was this woman who stopped by, but she said my mother's name. And my mother's name is very specific. It's not Marta with a T. It's Marda with a D. Mm-hmm. It's Danish. It's weird. And so... She knew your mom? What? She knew your mom? Well, that's what she said. She's pronounced she it. said, I know Marda oh, Benjamin. Get in my car. And so the only thing that saved me that day from getting mauled by a crazy dog while I was running was a, a woman who drove by and was like, and she put me in her car and I was like, thank and you so she much. Pronounced your mother's she's name pronounced correctly. my mother's name correctly. Wow. <laughs> and she drove me back to my house and I was wearing my running shoes and my whole thing and I was sweating and the dog was going to attack me and it was crazy. <laughs> but, and then, the, but there's all kinds of crazy shit like that where like, my parents are very Christian and very religious. And so it was like, oh, this. And so for me at the time when I was Christian and religious, I'm like, Jesus, Jesus saved me. Jesus mm-hmm. fucking saved me. He brought this woman who knew my mother, said the name. And how was that possible at like 430 in the afternoon in fucking I'm running because I was a. I wasn't even running with the track team. I was running by myself because I was trying to be a better runner on the cross country or track team or whatever. And like, I was just running. And a lady picked me up and brought me home. Was like, I know your mother. Her name is Marta Benjamin. Get in the car. Mm-hmm. Don't let this dog kill you. And I'm like, wow. Not for nothing. I think that German Shepherds, it's like in their fucking code to like be aggressive to people who are running. Mm-hmm. Of I course. Have, I have a German Shepherd. So you were talking about how you couldn't bring your 80-pound running dog. Running toward, running away. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about how you couldn't bring your 80-pound dog to your apartment. Um, my dad was uh, displaced, homeless, uh, when I was like 15. But I had a German Shepherd Malamute, uh, like a husky German Shepherd uh, dog that, that we had had as a family before we went. But my parents got a little divorce. And uh, in that separation, lost his mind. Moved into a Dodge Neon with that 130 pound German Shepherd. A Dodge Neon is a like a, mm-hmm. like a little fucking commuter car. Mm-hmm. It's um, a shitty car. So Samson, my dog, slept in the Samson. back seat, and my dad slept in the front seat, reclined, and they lived like that for five fucking months. <gasps> wow. Yeah. And when, when uh, they, my dad finally uh, slung dick to get a new place to live, uh, and got married again. Uh, they have like a backyard, and I lived with them for a, a short period when I was like 18, 19. Same dog. Same dog. Samson. They still Samson. have him. They still have him today, and uh, he had a backyard. So 
I, I would like I thought that I was gonna be Mr. Fucking works out every day. So I started working out every morning for like a week and a half. And during that week and a half, every time I did laps or like sprints back and forth, that dog would be on my ass. Yeah. Trying to like he would be like by we'd be like play fighting and I'd fuck him up. You know, he's a big fucking dog, he can take a punch, you know. It's a big motherfucking dog. <laughs> that dog's been hit by a car and went up in the air like a windmill, hit the ground and ran away, still alive to this day. Still being a little Jesus. fucking piece of shit. So that's fucking mm-hmm. funny. So mm-hmm. me and that dog used to fight constantly no in the backyard. Legs. I'd be doing laps. He'd be fucking biting me. I'd be throwing him around. Fantastic. I had a awesome. I my, my 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 special dog named Wedge, Captain Wedge Antilly, the only X-wing fighter pilot to make it through all three Star Wars movies besides Luke Skywalker. He was a chocolate lab, and he was amazing. And when he was a puppy, I was a special education teacher, and one of my aides was someone who was way older than me, and she had adopted multiple children and one of them had special needs and my puppy when he was wedge he was like six months old and her retarded child and he literally was and i'm not using that world word in like a weird way like he was he was he was retarded he was Mm -hmm. like um he was he had Um, super special special needs needs. he had super special needs and we were at a barbecue at the backyard of their apartment house. They had a beautiful house in Woodland, California. And my beautiful puppy dog, only six months old, who already knew the difference between bowl, bone, and ball. I'd be like, go get your ball. Bring me the ball. Go get your bone. Go get go, go get your bowl. He also knew the paper. And go get the paper. And he'd go out in front. Okay, so smart dog, six months old. And they were playing in the backyard, and they were running at each other. And not the, my dog did not bite him, but they ran into each other, and it clipped his eye, and there was some blood, and we had to call some ambulance services, and things happened. Wow! But it wasn't it wasn't that my dog didn't do it. It was a retarded child and a six month old puppy mm-hmm. running at each other, uh, mm. and it became. It kind of became a thing because, well, here was the thing. I was 23 at the time, and I was the teacher in a classroom. I was the special education teacher. I was credentialed, and I was teaching ED at the, or SED at the time. It wasn't ED. It was severely emotionally disturbed students. I was the teacher in a classroom, and I was 23 years old, of severely emotionally disturbed students. 12 of them. And I had two adults that were with me. And both of them were over 30. One of them was like 38, and the other one was like 32. And the one who was 38 had the child who was special needs. And she had this barbecue, and we all went over there. And my dog, like, fucked her child's eye up. But it wasn't that. Yeah, you can smoke in here, bro. Yeah, I do want one. But the the point is that I didn't I didn't mean to be a dick or whatever, but like Thank you. Anyway, it was Woodland, California and my dog's tooth hit her retarded child's eye mm-hmm. and no one lost an eye mm-hmm. and all we had to do was um there were some butterfly things. It was fine. There were a couple we, we put some butterfly things on it because, I mean, I'm a teacher. We're all trained in first aid, so mm-hmm. we use the butterflies. 
and then he ended up getting two stitches later, and it's no big deal. But it was a retarded child and a six-month-old puppy mm-hmm. running at each other, having so much fun. Mm. It was a dog's mouth open being like, I'm having so much fun. And it's a retarded child running at a dog. I'm having so much fun. And they ran into each other. Mm. And there was blood. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's what happened. Who is our female have... comedian tonight? Sierra. Which, Sierra. Which, oh, Sierra Hager. Sierra. Oh, Frosty Jugs. Let's mm. give it. Let's give a second to Frosty German Jugs. Mm. Oh, oh. So here's the thing about Frosty really call, Jugs. Do you guys really call her Frosty Jugs? Well, no, because her real name, her real name used to be Sierra Frost, and you don't even understand this. Mm. Sierra Frost and I were comedians ten years ago at mm. Brainwash with Gary Hughes as well. Mm. No, so let's talk about the days when none of you did comedy. Remember when none of you did comedy? Mm-hmm. We were all doing comedy. So. She was Sierra Frost, but she left comedy to go be in amazing bands. One of them's called Bed, B-E-D, period, and she lived a life, and then she did this thing with the music industry. She's worked in the music industry. She's amazing. All right. She had a kid. She's incredible. She just came back to San Francisco, and she was like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? So she's now Sierra Hager. Mm-hmm. Because she, she was got married. married. Now no, she's divorced. Mm-hmm. But she's still the amazing comedian. So she was Sierra Frost, which is why I'm calling her Frosty Jugs. Because she was around when Frosty Nugs was around. Mm. So Frosty Nugs has been around for the 10 years. I mean, was it's not even ago. 10 years. It's got to be nine years. Because oh. I've only been in since uh, July seventeenth, two thousand eleven, was the first comedy set I ever did. So I, I can only I talk. I was Fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was that date again? <laughs> July seventeenth, two thousand eleven, was my first comedy set that I ever did. But you guys used to call her Frosty Jugs. Well, no, we, her name was Sierra Frost. Right. But now mm-hmm. that she's Sierra Hager, I call her Frosty Jugs, bro, because mm-hmm. she's my girl. I've known her for. Anyways, and she's and oh, ah, I'm so glad she's back because she's so funny and so talented. And she can sing and she can do band stuff and she's got all these gifts. I'm just like, comedy is a weird like sinkhole for losers. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, mm-hmm. no, but mm-hmm. sometimes people mm-hmm. with real talent just mm-hmm. kind of get trapped in the sinkhole and then you find, it's like, it's like I'm a 49er. It's like panning for gold. Oh. It's like panning for fucking gold. No, seriously, because right now, everyone's fake it till you make it. And I've got an Instagram, and I'm perfect, and I'm great. Yeah. Panning for gold. Panning for gold. The cream cream will always rise to the top. The gold will always come to the top of the pan. It didn't work for a while because everything was so big. But now that it's getting so small... I've only dealt, all Mutiny Radio could ever do was a 30-seat audience. That's all I've had. And now all I'm doing is 34-seat outdoor parklets. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Was everything I was planning for come to fruition? It sounds was like it. Was it like, oh, is the apocalypse here and now, and I am ready for the apocalypse? Oh, no. I know how to denature protein through heat. I mean, that's a metaphor, mm-hmm. but I actually can make my fucking own fire, and I can trap a goddamn pigeon and murder it and take it and eat it. 
and you're oh, yeah. all gonna die because none of you know how to do anything because you're millennial snowflakes. That's right. I was mm-hmm. trained on like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Let's make our own butter. Let's go and let's get. You know what I do when my milk spoils? I don't throw it away. I put it into bread. Why? Because it's sugar, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because you're gonna bake it out anyway, and it's great and it's extra fat. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers, you throw your milk away when it gets bad. You put it into your bread dough. Yes. You dumb fucks. But nobody knows how to cook. Haha. And I can even bake over. I can make a fire and I can fucking bake bread. I know how to. Ah. So I've been waiting for the apocalypse forever because mm-hmm. I'm like, all of my animal? skills, bro. Yeah. Have you ever. Yeah. Here you that. go. Have you, ever, have you ever killed an animal, fam? Pigeon. No. No? Yeah, Are you sure? I have never killed an animal, but I've made, I'm going to say at least 50 turduckins. And we're coming in. We're coming in. And I don't do it Chef Paul Perdome's way. Nay. I do it my own way. I literally debone all three birds, mm-hmm. and then I roll them up like a roast. And it's great. And I can season them in different ways. And you can put them on a grill or you can put them in the oven. And the, and the skin's on the outside, so you uh-huh. still get all the crispy skin. No, right. I can debone. I can do a turducken in an hour and 20 minutes. I can debone a turkey, a chicken, and a duck in an hour and 20 minutes. Nice. I've deboned so many birds. I'm really good at it. And then I roll them up. And then but I take the bones. No, yeah. no, I didn't kill them. But then I take the bones. Mm-hmm. I take the bones and I make them into stock and then I put those into the gravy and the stuff. So there was one time, there was one time when I was making a turducken and I got a duck from Chinatown and I didn't know the head was still on it. So I mm-hmm. get it home and the head is on the duck. And mm-hmm. I had to call my friend. I was like, I can't deal with this. I need you. So it's he came at you. over. Nick fucking came over and dealt with the head and then took... What? That, so it was a neck and a head, and I needed mm. the neck because what that's the what I used. What was the it was a duck. Oh, a duck. It mm. was a duck, but it had a head. Have you ever seen the Christmas story? I love ducks. I don't know. It had a beak. I was crying, crying, crying. I was so, I was like, I love ducks. I've fed ducks since a child. I love eating ducks, but I can't look at a duck's face. Have you ever seen the movie The Christmas Story? Yeah, of course. Where, where would they where would they go? End up going to the restaurant because they fucked up dinner at the house, and they're talking to that Chinese restaurant, and they just cut the duck's head right off in front of the whole family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, 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 right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Chinese leg food. lamp, leg lamp. Yeah, fragile. <laughs> what a fucking movie! Incredible. It is. It's, I can, it's perfect. I it's Christmas story. I can't. Oh, it's oh, when oh, you're oh, whenever my, you have my, too many my, clothes my, on, you're like, oh, oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, oh it's my Christmas. mommy's little piggy. Why is that the line that you remember? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. special boy, special special boy. Okay, okay. So back to my turduckins. Back yes. to my turduckins. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving have, is coming up. I have hundred and seventy-five dollars right now on my food stamps, which means I can buy tons of birds. So if anybody wants to buy a turducken, I don't do it in the ways. Of Chef Paul Perdome because he did it where he's like he debones all the birds and he puts like Who fucking stuffing. Chef Paul Perdome, he was a guy from he was a New Orleans guy. He was the first one who I came up. Emerald. So the mm-hmm. first reality. Let's yeah. okay. So here's the thing. I don't want to get too deep in the food, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So uh, the turducken, 
the yeah. the turducken originally came from uh, Louis the Fourteenth, the king of um, when when France when everything was so big and so crazy and they had such beautiful amazing things. So he actually made a turducken that was like a sparrow inside a Cornish game hen, inside a duck, inside a chicken, inside a. So he had like fourteen animals, and the biggest animal that was inside was um, a ostrich. So it was all these birds that were inside. Now it was like it was the original turducken was. Mm Was from Louis the Fourteenth, and he had fourteen birds all inside a oh huge, and it came out like it looked like. Then this is just all stories that people tell about. I don't know mm-hmm. what really happened. This is like in eighteen fourteen, but supposedly there was an ostrich that like walked out, and then they fucking cut it, and there was all these meats inside of it, and everybody wow. ate. It was, and, but of course, it was Louis the Fourteenth. It was gorgeous. That's what they used to do. Have you seen the the fucking uh, what are they called? Gardens that they keep up, like from the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this garden that they started. We should keep this up. This is so that guy also was like, let's put fourteen birds inside of a bird and have a party. Okay, so that's the origination of the turducken, but. Chef Paul Prudhomme in like 1986 was like, well, I'm going to do a Thanksgiving thing here. And so he took a chicken, a duck, and a turkey, and he deboned them, and but he layered them with stuffing. So it was stuffing inside the chicken that was stuffing, mm-hmm. and then a, the, duck. the duck, and then stuffing, which was then... The turkey, and he left the legs on the turkey, so it still looked like a turkey. But when you slice into it, it's got stuffing and meats Ah. and all these things. It takes like 16 hours to bake because Mm -hmm. to get to the center stuff for it to cook, you have to go through all those layers. Which Mm -hmm. is why I think it's ridiculous, you dumb fuck, Chef Paul Perdome. You fucked it up. Which is why Mm -hmm. when I make a turducken, I debone all three birds, turkey, chicken, duck. And one turkey actually makes two turduckens because it's too big. So you actually mm-hmm. have to debone two chickens, two ducks, and a turkey. And okay. then you debone them all, and they have no – and you take all their tendons and shit. And then you spice them accordingly, and you roll them up and then tie them off, and you can put them in the oven. It's basically like a roast. You basically make it like a – like a huge piece of delicious beef. You you basically make it. Sounds delicious. You sew it, but you make it a you make it into a roll like a roast. Like yeah. So when you slice it, when you're done, you get, and it's impossible to overcook anything because the duck fat in the center keeps everything moist. So you've got duck, chicken, turkey, and it's all straight meat, and on the outside it's crispy. Because you've got the skin on the outside of the turkey that you've encased the whole thing in. So you've got all the skin, and it's all crispy, and everybody's happy. And I know, I know, I'm I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. (laughs) I know! Get hungry here. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. There's so many variations and many different ways. In the last 10 years, I've gotten a little more experimental. I'd probably say about, like, five different methods in the last 10 years. On turkeys. On turkeys. Three of those years was me just trying to refine... That particular way of cooking. 
But you're talking about you're talking about Thanksgiving, like get. I mean, turkey, right? Yeah. Yeah, get into it. We've got time. What are you doing? I brine brine my turkey. You brine your. So you do it in the bathtub, or you do it in a you do it in a bucket. You got a bucket? Do it in the actual in in probably the same kind of pot that we would traditionally cook tamales or tozones. Mm -hmm. The bigger one. Right, right, right. It's a ten pound. It's a ten gallon or ten uh, quart pot. Yeah, yeah, easily five gallon bucket. Yes, yeah. we would say. Um, yeah, we just brine it for like about about a day and a half. But when you're saying brine, it's not just salt and water. You put spices, oh, yeah, yeah. secret spices. Um, you can mention all the traditional stuff, but we use a lot of. I like using herbs personally, so I like using like rosemary, sure, and sure, a lot of tarragon. Um, we use that. It's a whole bottle of. So, oh, great wine. Sure. Right? Wine, and then, you know, we're Mexican, I come from a Mexican background, so Corona is mm-hmm. in there. And, mm-hmm. You know, all of that, all the fermentation of uh, all these. Can't hurt, can't hurt. Well, um, we'll change the, you know, it changed the, the color of the, the skin prior to cooking it. Stuffing is a little bit different, however. Uh, we use uh, pork and beef. Uh, roast up a chorizo and stuff with the. Uh, Traditional mirepoix or uh, sofrito, as you would say, um, and as ground beef, and mm. on the other bread stuff and love the stuffing. Celery, or all the you know all the spices. Mm. Yeah, the, I mean, but I like that the, the way that you're that you're talking. I you know what happens is when everybody wants to get involved, nobody wants to take on that one. Yeah, that, you know what I mean that one specific task of doing that one. I'm so down with making turduckins. Like, I honestly, I can debone birds so fast. Like, I, I've always want, and, and I've sold them in the past. I'd be like, ooh, it's Thanksgiving time. You want a turduckin? Mm-hmm. And sold them to friends. But it's like, I can, and it's it's all from the government. I've hoarded my food stamps. I have $175 worth of food stamps, and Thanksgiving is in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I can go fucking nuts. But here's the thing. Usually, I'd be like, I'm going to have a big thing here at Mutiny Radio, and everybody's going to come here, and yeah. I'll come into my house, and I'll bring it all here. And, but I can't ask people to gather, and we can't mm-hmm. have people, and so I can't be like, yay, party fun time. And I can't even be like, oh, I'm going to have a big thing in my house. Everybody come to my house. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I don't know. But. I can make a lot of turduckins. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Hey, I need to go home and ro- walk my Rottweiler. May I revisit the German Shepherd thing as applied oh. to World War Two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on that. Get on that. Get on that mic. Grab that mic. Check this out. So no, supposedly. No. Yeah, yeah. You're on. You're on. Supposedly, here in our enlightened, proud, you know, uh, free country. United States of America when we were rescuing the rest of the world from World War II. It was very trendy here to kick dachshunds, a German dog, right? I love now, as somebody pointed out years later, people people weren't kicking German shepherds, were they? No, right? Now, mm-hmm. I own a Rottweiler mix. Now, supposedly, also during World War II, the Germans tried to mass-produce Rottweilers as companions for their show, their soldiers. But Rottweilers are always dedicated to their trainers. And it didn't work. It's like, no, I don't want to leave him. Like, who are you? Anyway, 
the Germans and their Dachshunds, German Shepherds, and Rottweilers. World War II, we saved us. We saved the world because the Germans fucked up their own dogs. And we were kicking the Dachshunds. It's, it's we were all, kicking the Dachshunds the whole time. It's because we guys, fucked up the Germans. Walk your Rottweiler. I used to have a long haired. I used to have a long hair standard dachshund. My best buddy, my best buddy, he was a long haired standard dachshund, and he was black and he had little uh, red parts on him, and we named him Boris. Why, Boris Becker? Why? Because he was German and he was a great tennis player. Uh-huh. And I watched Wimbledon and Boris Becker was so hot. I had the biggest crush on Boris Becker, and I was in sixth grade, and we got this fucking. Like, amazing dachshund who was a long-haired standard. He was bigger than normal. He was, like, 30 pounds. And, Whoa. And he was really? – no, he was a big boy. He was a big boy. But he was a baby. When he was a baby, he was gorgeous. Anyway, he was always gorgeous. Boris. Boris, I love you. Boris. May Boris live forever in the pantheon of dogs. But he was named after Boris Becker because – He was – Because I'm white, and I love tennis, and I watched – I loved Boris Becker. He was so hot. Bullish. Come on. Oh, well, he was nasty. Fine, fine, fine. Nasty fine. Nostalgia. I'm getting ahead of you guys. Hey. Bye. Bye. Hey, we made something. What a pleasure. Always. We'll David. Some David James. Sometime. Yeah, all the time. We have a half an hour left on this podcast. What do y'all want to talk about? No, no, we're just chilling. Weird things happen in the last half hour of this podcast every week. Ha <laughs> ha. No, mm-hmm. I actually haven't been out this late on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Thank really? you so much for Ernest Evangelista being here. Also, Mark Neuer. Also, Jose. Jose, Jose. thanks for being EP. here. Super cool. EP. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's uh, good to be out on a Friday the 13th. Yes. Yeah, well, I know it's Friday the 13th. Spooky. It's spooky. Spooky. Um, Mutant Radio. Here, right? uh, yeah. Oh, this is your first time here? I'm so happy. Talking That's so chair. great. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, so I've been in this space since 2008, but I've only been in charge of this space since 2013, and it's always been a place for dirtbags. Mm-hmm. So welcome. <laughs> yeah. I am a dirtbag. And people are like, why don't you like... Like, make the walls be all pretty and, like, put mm. stuff and do the... And I'm like, because my aesthetic is dirtbag. I'm a dirtbag aesthetic. I'm not going to be anything that I'm not. And if you look at this place, it's Pam. Like, every single thing that exists in this room and this place 100% speaks to who I am as a person. So, I mean, there's Jesus. It's crazy. There's dead animals. There's Jesus. There's like weird. They're the weirdest shit. I'm like all of it. If you bring anything here, I'm going to be like, yeah, I respect the fuck out of it. Fuck yeah. You want to. This is all about free speech and expressing yourself in a way that is no boundaries. You should always say whatever you need to say here. And, And we're cool with that. Except on, except when we have the shows outside and we're like, oh, there's children that live in the streets. <laughs> but other than that, other than that. But honestly, being clean 
these last 39, this is 39th show that didn't happen outside. So we've only had 38 shows outside. But for those 38 shows outside, I've learned how to be clean and it's helped me infinitely. Mm. I can be anywhere and not use fuck as filler and not fuck swear and change my jokes. And I've even been in a place where I'm like telling a joke and realizing that the crux of it is not appropriate. Mm -hmm. So although I'm not swearing, the concept of it is not appropriate for a certain age group. So it's COVID's only helped me. Like Mm -hmm. I've grown a lot. How do you feel about it? I like it. COVID's been, uh, I always said that uh, comedians uh, were like forced to be outside now, doing it since uh, we can't be inside. And uh, that's how uh, Dave Chappelle learned. Uh, when he was 16 years old, he would do uh, shows in Central Park. <laughs> and so I feel like it's making comics better. Because you got to work. Mm-hmm. Can't be lazy. Uh, Mark Neuer has comments. Yeah, dude. In comedy, they say you want to, you know, if it's, it's like, it's a low energy, you want to change the room, right? Like, change the room. You know, if it's a comic that changes the room in a negative way, that's like, it's a negative thing, I'll go change the room. Change the energy in the room. Well, you still can do that, and in some ways you have to change it in a, in, in a way in an uplifting way and it's not changing the room it's you're trying to, yeah it essentially have to change the world right because you're outside so, mm-hmm. so you really have to like you have to really be mindful and and aware aware of what you're saying uh or what's going on and what's going on around you and who's around you who's in the audience you have to you have to read the crowd way more now because you never know who's going to be at lake Merritt. you never know who's going to be at the park that you have on four o'clock on, or what tuesdays or what day you have the four o'clock thing Oh, no. I, I mean, I just, now that I have the portable PAs, I just bought a second one. But everybody should get them. They're 50-hour portable PAs, and you they're battery-powered. You just charge them up. And they have two inputs, and they have Bluetooth, so if you want to have music in between. But it's like we have to adapt or die, and the mm-hmm. adaptation now is finding the parklets and finding the people – so there are certain places that don't need help. Like you can look at uh, 24th and South Venice, uh, Napper Tandy. They have parklet on both sides. They're always full because they've always had the people that have followed them. They've mm-hmm. always had their clientele. Mm-hmm. Same thing, Benders just reopened on 19th and South Venice. They have a parklet on 19th and on South Venice, and they're rocking it again. And go there, 806 South Venice, because – they always have the clientele, but there are a lot of places that sort of are like, I don't know what to do with our lives. And I'm sending them letters and going to them and being like, hey, I can bring you 34 people at mm-hmm. this amount of time in your parklet. Everybody wants anything. Mm-hmm. Like, ha And the other thing is that all of us comedians are all the same. We're all good. We all are. Mm-hmm. We got really better. We're good. Ernest, COVID. you're amazing. Mark, you're amazing. You're you can. The only worry is ever, can you be clean? Can you not be clean? Right. And with that, it usually is like, how much have you been drinking? But that's also mm-hmm. with myself. 
I also have those issues. Mm. How much have I – when have I been outside and I accidentally fuck swear because <laughs> I'm wasted as fuck? Mm-hmm. So – and I'm trying to be more professional. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But we're all equal now. Irene, too, was on my show on Wednesday. I never felt okay to ask her for anything. In mm-hmm. all the years I've been doing comedy, I never felt I was good enough to ask her for a show. And she just did my show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everything. The, me and Stroymoid are on the same level right now. Mm-hmm. We're both dealing with 34-seat outdoor fucking venues. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like the whole playing field just went zhvump. Mm-hmm. And Mutiny Radio is right in the middle of it, which is like, I don't want to like pat myself on the back or any shit, but like, mm-hmm. I've been doing this little ass shit for a while, and now all of a sudden it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I funny how it works this. out like that sometimes. Well, I don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but. I'm so set for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Here's the thing. Oh, if let's just pretend that Trump stays in office and he's like, let's start a thing and let's have a let's have a real war or whatever. Martial law. Okay. That'd be crazy. So that, let's say it happens. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be in the cities. Everyone's going to disappear. None of the lawyers from fucking Lafayette are going to be coming in to their offices in the city. What does that mean for me? All that land is belong to me. I already have, there's lawyers. They have a thing on uh, Eddie and South Van Or not South Van just regular Van It's so gorgeous. It's four stories. It was built in 1896. It, it went through the first earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's fucking solid as fuck. Wow. And it's next door to a... Um, Tennis courts, so this huge tennis courts. So I'm like, haha. So I can put pot plants all on the tennis courts because there's tons and tons of sun because there's mm-hmm. nothing around there. Mm-hmm. It's a four story building. It's so gorgeous. It was built in 1896. It has all this amazing mahogany, everything. It has blocked wallpaper. You think the lawyers are going to come in from fucking Walnut Creek and Alamo mm-hmm. and Danville back to the city for no? no! They're going to go to their vacation houses in Greece. They're getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. That house is my house. Mm-hmm. The house is my house. I walk by there all the time. They have cameras and stuff. I'm going to use their cameras. They ain't <laughs> fucking coming back. They got all the systems set up. I'm on it. Yeah. Come on now. Get out of the city. I, I walked by some people today, and they were talking. He's like, I could have moved to my mom's house, but I figured, you know, I just keep paying rent here in the city because it's so much fun. Even though I can't do anything, like, it's still better than living with my mom Mm -hmm. and just, like, collecting that money. And I'm, like, listening to this fucking tech bro as I walk by. Oh, I make so much money that I can be anywhere Mm -hmm. and do my job. Mm -hmm. You fucking pile of dog shit. What are you actually adding to anything? What, you just just made an app so people can buy... More toilet paper? Mm-hmm. Bastards. Apps. I wish I was fucking smart. <laughs> you are! Not smart enough to make a fucking app. No, well, you, the only app you need to make is, like, how to keep all your uh, girls' pussies clean. Tight. You know, like, like 
Like, you just have to, it, there's like a thing where you just have to take the phone and like it'll go boop and be like, yeah, 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 there's no yeast infection there. Like, it's cool. We can get it. We can get we, we can get it. I don't mm-hmm. have to just a scrap yeast to make food. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love those stickers as a child. You didn't even know what those were. Oh, yes, I do. Do the round ones, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. my, uh, yeah my, I don't know why my, my grandmother had wheat was alive. Um, she worked at this place. I don't know what it was, but it, it always smelled like cow shit. It was like a bunch of, that's what Blue Nine was, and it smells like cow shit. Mm-hmm. Just always, like, fertilizer. And uh, there was this old black woman. I think she was the first black person I had met in my whole life. Where she'd give me, every time I went there, candy and scratch and sniff fucking sn- stickers. Round. They, my grandma and her were like, like coworkers and like, like went uh, across the hall uh, office, like coworkers and like they, they were like really good friends I guess because like after my grandma passed we went to bre- uh, like lunch with that lady a lot. Aww. Yeah, uh, Anne. I think her name was Anne and my my grandma's name was Anna. Oh, they yeah. were besties. Yeah. Oh, that's a very sweet story, Mark Neuer. Mark Scratch Neuer has a soul. Just for everybody who thinks that Mark Neuer is a soulless mm-hmm. monster, fuck your face. Mark Neuer is, he is a romantic, he is a delicate daffodil. He's got feelings. He doesn't sure have did. to tattoo I've got feelings across his forehead. He just has to he hang might. out. He just has to touch all the strippers nice, not in a sexual way, just in like a brotherly way. Yeah, I, uh. When I was in sixth grade, my teacher was like, Mark's like a carrot. Oh. Like, you know, he's a bear on the outside, but he has like, you know, a carrot thing. I don't know. Were you fat as a child? Since I was like in third grade, because I got held back in second grade. So like the second year of second grade, I like got fat. Because all my friends were, you know, skinny. And I was like eating my feelings, I guess. I don't know. Psychology. Oh. Cool. Eat your feelings. I can't believe we're smoking cigarettes tonight. This is great. Yeah, well, whenever, if I'm inside, you're never allowed to smoke in here unless mm-hmm. I'm smoking in here. If right. I'm in here smoking, it's fine to smoke. No, it's like a... It's but like, if you, if, yeah, if you're never allowed right. to smoke in here unless I'm smoking in here, it's fine. Uh, it's a, it's a, you smoke the pipe. It's a special occasion kind of thing. It's I feel a special like it's a occasion. Special thing. Do we, and none of us have any alcohol left? We're all done? I, I yeah, mean, no. I'd be willing to run across the street. But yeah. we're almost this. This podcast has uh, like this this seventeen. Is this is your whiskey right here. No, I don't know. It was your whiskey. I poured it into a glass. I thought you were gonna hit it. Well, I usually add water to yeah, things like that. Yeah, you should like be that. careful. No, no, no. That's that's I. That's a, that's the glass is fine. That's the kind of Uniax bottle, and everything's fine. Did I add water to it? Yes, you did. Or, or I thought you said apple juice, but I think you made it. No, no, no. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Kind so I like made it into, I, and I'm so apple. glad I made it for myself. It's whiskey, watercolor, apple juice. That's mm. Pam Benjamin special. Wow. When I drink, when I day drink, which I've done for many, many years, mm, for long day. periods of time, I either do, I start with whiskey coffee, but then I move to whiskey, yeah. watercolor for apple juice. And, okay, everybody, if you want to drink for long periods of time, and you're a tiny person, here's the thing. You have one drink over the hour. So if you if it's the first hour, you have two drinks. But then the second hour, you have one drink, and you just have one drink an hour. And you do it for 14 hours. It's great. It totally works. Like just a Definitely sip. try to eat in the middle. Like, as a person who doesn't eat, it mm-hmm. totally works. Are you but shots or sips? No, no, no. Sips? Whiskey, water, oh, color, apple water. juice. 
one drink an hour. Always the way that I'm allowed to do day drinking and I can drink for long periods of time is that whenever the hours go by, I'm one drink over the hour, right? So if I start in the first hour and I have one drink and then I'm in the second hour and I have two drinks, I'm still one drink over the hour. So in the third drink, I have one drink, fourth drink, one drink. So I only let myself have one drink an hour, which is why I go whiskey, water, color for apple juice, because you put it into a glass, or if you drink it like a beer, but the problem is sometimes wine is too difficult for me because I drink wine like it's water, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, wine, 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 and I forget that it's wine, and it's just like, I'm drinking a tasty beverage, so it doesn't work, but anyways, at Okay, so hey everybody, if you're an alcoholic, make rules for yourself. Be a responsible no, it's yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's segment. I mean, tip champagne. <laughs> do I like to drink? I like to drink. Well, and how do I keep it all together? Like, it's a good question. How do I walk home and wake up in my and not be raped? Yay! Like I've never been raped. Yay! How did I do that through 46 years of life and drinking as much as I do? How is that possible? Well. A, I surround myself with people that are nice. And B, like, I'm usually, like, even when I'm in a blackout, I still have the wherewithal to know, like, blackouts are only that your brain stops making memories. You are still Mm -hmm. alive, and you are still yourself, and you are still there. And I know, because I have so much time recorded on Mutiny Radio (laughs) that I don't remember, but then I listen back, and I'm like, oh, my God, there I was. But I was completely lucid. How is that? But it's just that my brain, with that amount of alcohol, stops making memories. So it wasn't that I didn't do the things I did, but that's why I I like recording everything because I can always listen back. And that's the other thing. Oh, it's so fun when people try to pretend that things didn't happen and I'm like, you motherfuckers, I have it all. Mm-hmm. I have it all on tape. You try to pretend you weren't friends with me? I have hours and hours of us hanging out on tape. Ha <laughs> It's Yeah. It's funny. It's weird. Where's my cigarette? Oh, here it is. Nope. I don't have a cigarette. Who gave me a cigarette? Yeah, you smoked it. I didn't. Yes, you did. Did I? Can I have another? I don't have one. Oh, okay. Right, Lisa. We have we have 14 minutes left. What gems do you have to drop? Who has a show upcoming that they want to promote? The 25th, I'm uh, El Cientos with Pam Benjamin. Yeah. Um, thank you for that time. What else? I don't think I have anything else. Um, I just did fucking Alameda Comedy Club, their showcase. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful venue. How how did you feel? I love Alameda Comedy I, I Club. Like Patrick was, Ford is amazing. Yeah, Everything he's mm-hmm. doing is it's beautiful, like over the top beautiful. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. I hope Brian Crow works there. Also, the food is really good. Uh, yeah, it's food. Everything there is great. It's a beautiful venue. They oh, have yeah. great food. The whole thing that they're videoing yep. and the audio and, and with that they're camera. putting. They're putting the cordless mic in a box to make yep. it all clandestine UV before you. And yeah, you one. could actually put your mask on and go out into the audience because it's a cordless mic and it works. Everything they're doing there is amazing. I can't wait till they're allowed to go back inside. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so impressed that he's taken the. He spent a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I hope it works out for him. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's, I mean, most of the shows that I've seen have all been pretty, you know. Sold out. Yeah. 
everyone I've been on has been sold out and fucking stellar as fuck. Like, I couldn't believe he put me on a show on a Thursday and I was the only girl and I was like, yeah, I'm the only girl. But I was in, I was like in the midst of multiple heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, Kurt Weitzman and Larry Bubbles Brown wow. and Mean Dave. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm on, and Xander Beltran, and I'm on this show. And I was like, wow, you think I'm a person? And that he's valued me is like, wow. Yeah. And he used me. I was like, can I do a cartwheel on your stage? He was like, yeah, as long as I can film you. And he used it in a thing. And I was like, yes. So, I, I mean, Patrick and I are like, I was like, I want to make. A, a commercial for you for the station whatever he wants like I'm 100% on board yeah he's I really, really doing a lot for the comedians mm-hmm. he's doing so much he's putting people like he put me on you know what I mean like that's crazy I, I mean no, you're no, super no funny. fucking club owner you know for club anything has ever been like okay I want you I've been on like I've been on Cobbs I've been at Tommy T's I've been at the Empress Theater and, and all those were like just private it was like a it was a producer it wasn't like the club you know I, I, they don't ask you know you're known as a loose cannon yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. And I've been that. the same way. I'm also known as a loose cannon. I know. Like, like I'm... <laughs> That's I the thing. Not everybody Not everybody wants, like, heavy-hitted feminism. I get it. Like, so people are like, well, I don't want to vote for heavy-hitted feminist. And she's going to, like... I've and, and people think of me as a drunk, so I'm a loose cannon. I feel... Now, I love you. But I feel like we have a similar aesthetic in that people are like, well, Mark Norris is a loose cannon. And sometimes that. Ernest Evangelista as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I've, you kill it. You I've seen you murder. Like, I love your jokes. And sometimes they just, people aren't getting you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm doing my jokes and people just aren't getting me. And I feel like, I'm like, now you hate me and now I don't know what to do and I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm definitely loose cannon. I was, uh, right in the beginning of COVID, um, my uh, my friend Jeff back in, uh, like, Modesto, he had, like, a little backyard open mic. And uh, I was so high on Adderall, which is probably a huge, which is a huge probably. Yeah, no, I was like, and uh, there was a lot of people there. And, uh, you know, his daughter was there and she's like, I don't know, maybe she's nine years old, and she was, uh, she's saying, uh, you're gay to me. Well, mm-hmm. She's like, you're gay. She you're might be gay. right. Like, and I was doing my joke, she's like, you're gay. Trigger. And then I got, I got, like, kind of, like, close to her, and I was, I just started screaming, I'm a faggot. Ah! Just screaming it. At a nine-year-old! At a Were nine-year-old you? little girl. Yes! Did her, it? Mo- her mom, yes, I'm pretty did. sure her mom was holding her. Mark wow. Noyer. Did they brought you back to like elementary school? Yeah, no, I mean it was like and they they like like oh, schoolyard shit. Kiefer Forsythe from the Dust, who's a comedian. I started with he he had to pull me off the mic and he was like and I was and as I was, as I'm like about to fight of nine year olds. This is a performance. Two oh nine. Two oh nine performance. And they were like, oh, gorgeous. Like, you guys don't get it. I uh, am the joke. I was like screaming all these things as they're pulling me away. So I'm definitely loose cannon. I feel like you <laughs> retroactively created a monster comedian in that girl. Oh yeah, did she start doing comedy right after that? Exactly. Oh, she right. she did comedy that night. I I, I had to be pulled away. <laughs> she's going she doing comedy that night. She's gonna want the revenge. Mic. They put a nine year old on the mic mm-hmm. and she was like, "Hey, you guys like SpongeBob?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nine years. You guys like TikTok? Nine years from now, no, she's gonna be. 
and it's kind of scary to see like all the stuff that goes out there. Oh, you're not on the microphone, but you're talking about things that are scary on TikTok. Well, not just that; it's two of them, so I can't. Mm. You can't be monitoring both other things. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So. I didn't. I chose not to have children, which is the thing. It's a good move. Because I like drinking. I'm like, mm-hmm. we have four minutes left in this podcast. Drop the gems, bros. Oh yeah, I, gems. I have a. Uh, I'm doing Comedy Edge on December fifth. Oh, that's right. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Holly Shaw. Mm-hmm. I'm actually hosting. Uh, uh, Holly Shaw's out of town on the twenty first, so I'm actually hosting. Comedy Edge on nice. 1121. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was like, she, well. she, well, no, she was like, hey, well, yeah, you're the first person I thought of to host for me. And I was like, yeah, but you didn't book me before that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, but it's great. I'm a host and I yeah. get it. And I yeah, love being a host. You're, I love you're amazing it. It's host. a huge honor to be a host. Mm-hmm. But I also love getting booked as just a real Who comedian. Doesn't? But it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Well, you kill it, not, you kill it for the hosting, she'll get you on. You know what I mean? It, no, no, it, no, it's, it's great. I get to host. She's yeah. not good. She's she's out of town. It's fine. So the twenty first comedy edge. But everybody check out the comedy edge. Absolutely, you should. It's in Oakland, right? It's in Oakland. Yeah, and it's all outdoors and it's all super safe and like wear your masks. I know, like. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's mm. right on the water. It's like refrigerators mm-hmm. full of beer that you like. It's like a. It's essentially a liquor store. They have well, like a liquor order... store restaurant. It's like exactly. Crazy. It's a crazy setup the way they have it. It's not like it's not. That sounds bad, but. It, it, the way that it works is like it's just uh, it's like a, it's a heaven if you love beer mm-hmm. it's just like so many craft beers cans bottles the whole deal I think they might have draft but it's a lot of cans and you just like pick what you want you pay it to, and, and you go and sit down and you have a great time you listen mm-hmm. to awesome comedians oh, yeah. and they're doing that other shows that are happening in the city uh, Drea Myers Milk Bar every Friday she has 6 and 8 o'clock shows they're gonna get a cover they didn't have a cover tonight, so sad face. They probably had to cancel, but they're probably. still there every week. Uh, we have a new show at 20th and Mission called Jitters and Titters at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I think that comedy is going to be moving into the afternoon, and that's where I'm sort of trying to move to. Yeah, that's a good move. So I've got two afternoon shows now, one on Saturday called Jitters and Titters at 20th and Mission New Harmony Cafe, and I have another one called Barrel of Laughs, at Resolute Wine Bar on Geary Street. And it's so great because I look at them from my window all the time. Wow. And I walked over there and I was like, hey. And they were like, yes, yes, yes. And we already have. And it's not until the first one is on 1122, which is a Sunday. And we are we already have like seven reservations, which I'm so over the moon about because we're already. Wow. We're, I'm like, oh, seven. Because there's only, you could, only 34 people can be there because of the. That's how it works. COVID restrictions. COVID restrictions and how it works with how you are. Same thing at Asiento. Same thing at Jitters and Titters at New Harmony. Everybody on your outdoor show. Same thing at, I got to do Stroy Moyd's uh, Hella Funny at um, Tiki Haven. And that's great. And you should all check out Hella Funny at Tiki Haven and all the other places. Copy, uh, Copper Field. Something. It's Copper something. The Crazy Horse reopens tomorrow. Oh, my God. The yeah. Crazy Horse reopens. Yep, People can look at pussy again. Yeah, we just can't serve food. But you could look at all the pussy you want. Yay, no pussy. We're, dying. we're a theater now. We're, ser- we're, we're serving free porn and stripper pussy. <laughs> no, that's a joke. But um, you can't get pussy. Mm-hmm. You can get a high five. 
No, you can't. High five. You, you can get a high elbow because there's you no can injection look at anymore. It. Mm. You gotta wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Don't come out if you're sick. Mm-hmm. Right? That's We're gonna be do. doing stay, temperatures stay at the home. door. And then we can all get back to normal. Well, someday, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone been apart? You're killing the pan, the pan, uh, what is it? Pandemic. The pandemic. Pandemic. What? Pam's year. Pandemic. Yeah, says that every year. Oh, this is gonna be my year. This was your yeah. fucking year, Pam. Straight the up. Pandemic. I. You're killing. It. <laughs> Thank you. That's I awesome. Know. It's great. Everything's coming up, Benjamins. <laughs> Hell yeah. And they literally are. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. So come out to all the Mutiny Radio presents shows. Go to the Crazy Horse. Uh, look up Ernest Evangelista yeah. online. Find him, and uh, he has hilarious jokes about school shooters. Uh, I I uh, used to look fat in a trench coat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just doing mm. this joke. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yay! Bye, everybody. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? 
Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!